and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. And evidently, according to one new listener, worthy of asking her 13-year-old daughter just how to listen to a podcast in the first place. Ah, <laughs> we like that. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we'll talk about crazy Google searches. Oh, the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the ones we see on our own sites and beyond. And we'll talk about the overscheduled child, or in our case, maybe underscheduled. We and finally, we'll close out our show with each of our cool picks of the week, and you want to stay tuned because it's a big surprise. Well, mine Uh-oh. is. Uh-oh. I, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> but first, if you have questions, comments, you want to send us a link to your favorite word nerd shirt. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> you can always tweet us at CoolMomPicks with a hashtag Spawn Show, visit our Facebook page, or email us at Spawn at coolmompics.com. We might even write back in Comic Sans. <laughs> Just to be ironic. <laughs> All right, on to our first and very fun topic. Okay, so I came across this article on, of all things, coed.com this week. Although, wait, wait a I second. I don't ask. Anyway, that's not like a gross wait, thing. Wait, they let you on. They didn't block your IP because they were like, you're over 40. You yeah, may not no. visit this site. What? I'm 29. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, it came from actually the Estately blog originally where they do like lots of listicles and infographics ready-made for your social sharing pleasure. Hooray! <laughs> so here's what they did. They looked up each state's most embarrassing Google search term. <laughs> and they have a whole map on like what each state should be embarrassed for Googling more than any other state. So I think, you know, it's like an election year. People are going to start to be like, oh, I apologize for my state for voting for so-and-so. But I think even worse, you can be like, you know, I'm really embarrassed that I live in Washington state and our number one Google search term that's embarrassing is sandals and socks. <laughs> You sure that's not Portland? Yes, nope. it's, Washington? it's Washington State. In well, fact, in in Oregon, yes, state of Portland. And you're gonna really test me on my capital. Yeah, I'm ready. Jeez. Here we go. Number one embarrassing search: romance novel. <laughs> it's not, wait, it's not anything having to do with kale or trail mix? What is happening? I don't know. I guess they're like looking for breaks. Well, you know what's funny about this is that we can actually check our own Google searches. And that's kind I of the know. one thing that you learn as a blogger is that you can go into your site meter and all your analytics and you can see the searches that people did to get to your site. Oh, yeah. And just to note, people, if you think you are Googling things anonymously, no, nope. are not. No. There are people that can look and see what you're oh, Googling. Oh, yeah, because so then you, you can know that. See where you came from and where you went. And it's funny because you you used to do posts on oh, your Google searches. I, know. I had this series called Carry On My Wayward Googlers. Oh, those were did. my favorite <laughs> posts. I mean, I never did posts on Motherhood Uncensored, which is my personal blog. But I do want to just say, you know, you don't have to give me a trophy for this, Liz, even though I am number one. For the search, my mom's boobs. You were number one search? I'm the number one search for my mom's How boobs. How hard is it to find your mom's I boobs? I don't. If you can't find your mom's boobs, you should be searching it's for like, other things. Just look up. <laughs> or in our case, just look down. <laughs> right? Like, how can you not find your mom's boobs? Why are you asking Google? Anyway, so you did post on these. I got crazy searches. Oh, my God. You know, just for those of you who aren't, like, super tech savvy and don't know, like, when you write about things, you know, the search engine picks you up and gives you authority for those kinds of topics. So people end up finding really weird combinations of words and going to your site, which may have nothing to do with anything. So I used to write these whole lists of like the weirdest <laughs> searches that I got for the month and I would make like funny, right? Funny so to this me was comments. how people would end up some 
somehow on your lovely Mom 101 blog. Tell right. us, Liz, what brought them there? Well, so here's one. Vagina hurts when it coughs. <laughs> and so I wrote, if your vagina is coughing, please get off the computer and seek medical attention immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because people just put words together. It's not grammatically wait, correct. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You mean people are not experts in editorial? Mis- a lot of misspellings. <laughs> so, so somebody wrote, tonight I'm going to part like it's 1999. <laughs> and I was like, see also Midwestern hair, which is another post I had written. This is so great. This is for the word nerds out there. Beau Chevaux hair salon. <laughs> now, Chevaux is French for horse. <laughs> Horses, not hair. <laughs> Beau chevaux. Well, you know what these posts always did for me is uh-huh. that it made me feel better that I was Googling really crazy questions like, baby's poop is yellow. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would Google like crazy things too because, you know, you're up in the middle of the night and you'd be like, kid swallowed a penny or whatever. Like, so you're, oh, you're God, I hope for not. <laughs> That's like yeah, my I worst did have nightmare. to deal with that. Oh, somebody Googled baby shower my cankles in hell's photo. <laughs> I have no idea what they're looking for, but somebody has cankles in hell at a baby shower. I'm I sorry. Guess. I feel like th- I feel the need to apologize to that person. I know. These are really bad. And then there's a lot of like weird perverted stuff. You guys, yes. all I can say is Thailand, what the hell is wrong with you? Because, <laughs> you know, when you look at your searches, you can see where we the love your food, from. guys. But. But really weird stuff. Crazy. Somebody searched Barney Triple X. And I'm like, oh, like the G-rated Barney isn't scarring enough. <laughs> Why? Somebody searched French made photo of Sean Hannity. <laughs> so I was like, ah, I changed my mind. Barney Triple X is not so bad. That is awesome. All right. So you said you were going to quiz me. Yeah. So this. anyway, I just thought this would be kind of fun. So I'm looking at this map. Okay. Um, the Googles from each state, and I want you to try to guess which state. Okay, but can you give me, like, either or? Yeah, I can okay. give you. Okay. Okay. So the embarrassing search for dog clothes. Is that New Jersey, Louisiana, or North Dakota? Oh, I'm going to go with New Jersey. You just insulted a state. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> it, was, it was Louisiana. It was Louisiana? Louisiana's looking Maybe for they dog just, clothes. All they have are beignets down there. They have nothing else. All right, give me another one. Okay. Come on. I can do this. Okay, I would like to know, is it Georgia? New York or Utah that has a top Google search for meth recipes. Whoa. I'm mm-hmm. a, wow. I'm going to say Utah. We're going to go with your former state of Georgia. No. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, what was Utah? Recipes. Tell me Utah then. So Utah is <laughs> <laughs> something funny. Bronies. <laughs> They're searching for bronies in Utah. And guess what the number one search in Nevada is? What? McDonald's secret menu. Seriously? Yes. And now, just so you guys know, these are not like the number one searches of all time. They're probably searching for like... Donald Trump quotes or something, but but number these really? are like the number one most embarrassing ones as put together by a stately. And then also this one is awesome. Do you know what number one in Alaska is? Of uh, all things, of all things, um, I don't know. Like, how do you warm up? I don't know. <laughs> Close. 
Nicolas yes. Cage. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why Alaska is so into Nicolas Cage. That is hilarious. And this is just making me feel better about myself. Like when I'm down and I'm feeling like I just can't go another day chasing after four kids, I'm going to go to this link. We're going to put it on Cool Mom Picks on the podcast page and I'm going to click it because it's going to make me feel better about myself <laughs> that I didn't search for Nicolas Cage today. And you know what? It could be worse. You could be in Maine searching for Nickelback lyrics. Let's oh my just God. leave it with that. Well, listen, guys, I would love to know the craziest thing that you've Googled. Will you admit it to us? Will you tell Liz and Kristen from Spawned? We want to know. Yeah, I want to know who's the person who Googled retarded tuna <laughs> on my blog. So if oh, that's oh. one of you, let me know. Right? We'll you have can, words. You can tweet us <laughs> at CoolMomPics with a hashtag Spawn Show. Catch us on Facebook or email us, Spawned at CoolMomPics.com. Bring on those funny emails. We love them. So... Topic two. Yes. Oh so my gosh. So now it's back to school time. <gasps> well, for most of the world in New York, you know, we start in November this year. I know. I'm back <laughs> to school. I'm already back to school and I'm so excited. Our school doesn't start until right after Labor Day. And so this is the time that we're trying to figure out after school classes. Ugh, dun, dun, dun. I feel like I would rather go and get like four teeth pulled from the dentist without any Novocaine. Yeah. It's yeah. So I annoying. understand. We've been talking about this a lot because my oldest daughter is 11 and mm-hmm. she really doesn't have an activity. I mean, she's an amazing artist. Yeah. She did chorus in school. She's still in elementary school where we are. But she's taken a lot of different classes and things. She just doesn't have like one focus, right? Yeah. She has no after school activities. And I always ask her. And then, you know what I think it was is I saw her friend Mm -hmm. walk by. I forget where we were. And she had these like super buff arms. And A, I was kind of jealous of of What is that like 11 year old weightlifting I don't know. I think she's a gymnast. And I was Uh, like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so interesting. I, I just hadn't thought about it. I was I'm so in the weeds with the kids and everything. And I'm like, oh no. Like is she supposed to like have her thing? Does yet? she need a major? <laughs> I know. Fifth grade? And I feel like we're not alone, right? Like I think this is such a big topic no, no, no. for parents. I, I've been thinking the same thing ah. because I re- you know, I wrote about it first when my daughter was in kindergarten about how you know, she had friends that were already taking, like, violin lessons and all these, like, they were embarking on serious <laughs> hobbies and skills. And I'm like, she's just taking, like, mommy and me ballet. Is that okay? Right. And ballet in quotes, because mostly it's just, like, wearing a leotard and I know. jumping around. And, yeah, it was like us dancing in the living room to classical music was like, what? <laughs> ballet class. So anyway, she did. She ended up taking ballet. She loved ballet. She took it for quite a few years. She was doing really well. And then for some reason, somebody convinced her that she shouldn't be taking ballet anymore and Ah. she decided to drop out and I was struggling with that question that I think a lot of parents have which is do I push her to keep going because she's good and she enjoys it or do I let it go and you know what it was really stressful because I I feel like probably like a lot of parents I'm torn between allowing my kids to pursue every single passion dream interest and inclination they have so when she's like I want to take Lego club I want to take Harry Potter club I'm like great let's do that yeah and then I'm torn between maybe I should push more like maybe I need to say you know Um, what you're good we've invested four years into it let's just keep going I'm right there with you I mean I started violin when I was three so <laughs> so you're one of those crazy kids. My mom was Chinese. You had a tiger mom. <laughs> she put me in everything. And look, I ended up being a music major. I was a music professor. So yeah. it's kind of, it's a little hard for me because I'm like, well, I was pushed to do it, but also that, it became my career. Okay, so that, you know, that's the thing though. But I wasn't like a happy a this, violinist either. <laughs> you weren't happy. But you know what? A lot of these things inform what your kids do. will do they in do. the future. And, you know, especially for girls. I know we talk about 
girls a lot because between us, we have five girls and one boy. So <laughs> my poor, son. sorry, boys, the odds are like a little not in your favor on this podcast, <laughs> but especially for girls. I know that um, I think it's from Queen Bees and Wannabes, but there's a, some research that talks about data nerd. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It talks about how girls that have interests and skills and clubs that go beyond boys clothes and popularity yes. have much greater chances for success in life. Oh, because, shocking. Because they've got some sort of drive and they've got self-satisfaction that comes from someplace besides external forces. No, I think that's fantastic. I just think it's 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 so hard for parents. I mean, look, Quinlan played the violin and she yeah. and I think it was the same for her like it was for Thalia and Ballet. She liked it at first. First, she was really good. Oh, but yeah. you know, one of the things was it was really hard for me as a violinist. Like I was a professional musician. Was it, like, was it hard to listen to? Because that was my issue with no. violin. Yeah. She played. You taught well, my daughter how to play three notes, and I was like, "Yeah, we need to change this." Yeah, yeah. We, yeah like the, the, the never ending again with the blues traveler solo. It's like the never ending three note song. When she was no. like, "I want to take drums," and I'm like. <laughs> No, 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 sweetie. Look, look over here. Look at this cool, quiet craft you could be doing instead of drums. Let's do Tai Chi. Tai Chi is so lovely. Well, she quit. I decided that it was too much for me, honestly, just in being, it kind of brought out a lot of negativity in me because really? it was just hard for me to instruct, like, even though I wasn't her teacher, I still kind of felt like I was critiquing and instructing her. It just wasn't healthy for both of us. So you needed more separation, I basically. did. You know what? That's a really good point, though, because I think a lot of parents you know, are inclined to give their kids the opportunities that they themselves enjoyed. Like, I know that my daughter's father really loves soccer, and he wanted them to take soccer, except they wanted to drop out halfway through. It just wasn't their thing. Yeah. And then you kind of feel, like, a little personally put off. Like, well, it's something I love that was special to me, and my kids not into it. How can you not love it? I mean, Quinlan took ballet, and I was a ballet dancer, and she... It just wasn't her thing. Like, she just wants to, like, get up and dance. So, actually, we're going to try out a hip-hop class because That's actually great. from camp, she found that she really liked that kind of music and that kind of movement. But I think the hard thing is knowing, okay, A, when to let them quit, right? Like, when should they stop? But also, mm. it's like, when do you decide, okay, we're just going to, like, have fun and do, like you said, a Harry Potter club? Or, like, okay, we're going to buckle down because, like, my son's in hockey, and it is basically, like, college tuition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to play hockey. Oh, my gosh. I'm not yeah, even kidding you. Between, like, the equipment and oh the Oh, my mouse. God. My mom still holds it against me that I had one, I was in a lot of musical theaters. Yeah. Kid. I was the one who had to, like, mouth the words because I can't sing. <laughs> but I was... <laughs> I was always a dancer that had to mouth the words. I was a good dancer, but not a singer. Anyway, she still holds it against my seventh grade drama teacher who made me have to buy tap shoes for one dance number in Good News. And it was (laughs) like, still holds it against Yeah, well, we didn't have a lot of money and it was really expensive. And, you know, so that's the other thing is, you know, what happens when your kid's like, I want to take lacrosse. That's really different than signing up for the Harry Potter Club. Yeah, I know. And also, like, I want my kids to have fun. Like, I want them to enjoy it. I, I feel like they're kids. You know, it's like, do I really need to be thinking about what they can get a scholarship in college in right now? But so many people are. Well, that, I think that's what I want to know from you because, you know, living in Me? New York City. I, well, well <laughs> wait, you know, you're a suburban yeah. mom and yes. I'm in the city. And I definitely feel, I wouldn't say that pressure because we don't run with 
like too fancy a crowd. <laughs> as fancy though I look. It's pretty laid back in our neighborhood. But overall, I definitely, like you, I'm starting to see like my niece is an amazing gymnast and she's competing and she's taking classes like three times a week or four times a week. She used to compete in swimming. I'm seeing other kids who are her age who are starting to really like achieve in yes. things and be good yes. in things. Yeah. And then you get to a point where your kid's like, okay, she's dabbling. She's in fourth or fifth grade. Now she wants to take soccer. Well, the problem is you sign a fifth grade girl up for soccer for right. the first time. Yes. Forget it. No, like, she's going to be terrible because these other kids have been doing it since they were like in the That's womb. That's such a good point. I mean, you're right. It starts from when kids are like two and three. And, I, you know, look, I like the mommy baby classes out there. I actually used to teach music together. and Or like, daddy baby. Daddy baby. Lots yes. I mean, that's sort of the year. You're right. Or caretaker baby, whatever. <laughs> Grandparent. <laughs> I'll go through Kind all the list. person willing to drag baby to class. <laughs> Stranger class. I met outside. <laughs> anyway, I do like those classes, but I do think you're right. We start so early that if you have a seven-year-old, which back in the day, like a seven-year-old starting to play an instrument or a seven-year-old starting to play soccer was the age. Like that's when you did it. Yeah. So and do you do you feel that pressure? Is there like that same totally. pressure? Totally. I feel the pressure. Is. I really do. Um, you know, we moved from Atlanta to the Northeast a couple years ago, and I'm from the area, but I've been away for a really long time. And where we moved is super heavy in sports. Right. And it's like soccer and lacrosse and field hockey. And I kind of forgot about that because I went to college. See, in New York City, we yeah. don't have any like room for things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's why like, like knitting clubs are really popular in Brooklyn. <laughs> crochet. Sorry, kids. No field. Today, we're doing competitive crochet class. <laughs> They probably have that in Park Do they have Slope. a clock, like the chess club, where they like do like three stitches and they hit a clock? <laughs> they like sit alone at the park in Park Slope in Prospect Heights and like wait for a competitor like, to sit and join them at the hey, table. you, old lady, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's super competitive. And the challenge was that while my son was mm-hmm. very interested in sports and still is, he played baseball, he plays hockey now, yeah. my oldest who's 11, was not. She's, like, super into, like, the color black. She's going to be, like, you know she's going to be, like, goth girl in two yeah, years. totally. She's, she's awesome. She's, like, my hobby is, like, taking a Sharpie and coloring on the table. Well, you recently put on Instagram these amazing anime drawings oh, yeah. that she's, she's doing. Like, she's, she's going to be making paper doll books that we're going to be selling on Cool Mom Picks in, like, a oh, minute. Oh, yeah, she's, she's an amazing really artist. But I think there's but... also, you're right, like, this difference between passionate interests and, like, clubs and teams. And so, I'm also struggling now with, you know, do I start pushing my kids to focus on something right. and not just take the clubs? And I'll tell you, the Harry Potter thing, like we're joking about it, but I'm serious. Both my kids wanted to take this after school Harry Potter club and other parents were like, oh, you're taking that. Is there a Harry Potter scholarship? <laughs> like they're going to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> Shut up. So first of all, it comes down to finances. Yes. Like it's easy to have this discussion when we can save up and afford to send our kids to a class or two. But I know back when my kids were in kindergarten and, and younger, like things were super tight for us and we couldn't even afford to put them in a class right, at that point. Right. And it was really stressful. And I wrote some like angsty posts about like, oh, my five-year-old's not playing violin. <laughs> I'm fine just dancing with her around the living room. And then I admitted like, okay, this is 85% bitterness and 15% like I wish she could do other stuff. Well, I mean, it's a legitimate concern. It's really expensive. And I feel like it's gotten a lot more expensive yeah. because it's become so serious I think it's also become very financially difficult for totally. families. It is. It is. And then I think the other thing is the amount of homework that kids oh, are getting these days. Can we just is I overwhelming. I not believe it. Now, I have to say, I feel very fortunate. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. But I know last year, my third grader 
I mean, also he's super smart and kind of whips through everything. But I mean, my he first so grade, smart. my kindergartner, nothing. Quinlan was in fifth grade. It really wasn't too bad. But our friend Catherine Stone did a Facebook update. She said yeah. her son had like six hours of homework in and fifth I think grade. He's in, I think he's in. Oh, is he? I thought maybe he was a little older. Maybe a little older. But still, like middle school, six hours. Six hours. I, I don't think I did that in college. No, I had six hours of like watching. I probably Letterman. should have done that in college. <laughs> So I think that's a huge consideration is that the kids have to come home. And when do they do these activities? Well, in third grade, my daughter had a tremendous amount of homework, like absurd, crazy because of yeah. all this crazy standardized testing, uh, which yeah. that's a whole other topic we could do. Uh-oh. But I don't think third graders should be encouraged to come in at seven in the morning for extra work and then no. go home and do like three hours of work. No, it's, that's awful. And so I basically said to the teacher to tell me which of this homework is a priority right? so that she does those two pages because she's got other stuff going on in her life. And I don't want her just being that, like I a test-taking robot. Yeah. Like, I wanted her to take, you know, ballet and gymnastics and arts and crafts. That's a huge consideration now because, look, the other thing is if, if you do activities on the weekends, which I understand people also are working parents, yeah. is that you lose your entire weekend. Like, it's gone. Like, every weekend you're you're driving oh, around God. to an activity. I'm you like know, here the bad parent that has totally avoided any classes oh, that would please. involve anything on weekends. I'm right there weekends. with you. And my son plays hockey. And this year it's two practices a week and a game on the weekends. And guess what? What am I going to do? I'm a single parent. My ex travels a lot for his job. And I can't clone myself yet. I'm waiting. You know I'm what? Hoping. I, as your business partner, <laughs> would really like you to clone yourself sometimes. But I just don't know. So I'm, I am literally avoiding other weekend activities for at least one more year. Until okay, I I'm figure so out. glad it's not just me. Well, you know, there was a really interesting article in the New York Times that I loved. I love KJ Delantonio's column, Motherload, which is fantastic. And she did a really good kind of he said, she said debate Ooh. about forcing kids to commit to their extracurriculars. So she talked to Bruce Filer. Tyler, am I saying that right? He writes the This Life column for Sunday Styles, and he also wrote a book called The Secrets of Happy Families. And his whole feeling is parents should be the enforcers. Okay. And KJ's feeling was children should motivate themselves. And the way she said it, she said, I'm solidly team quitter. <laughs> I love that, team quitter. What about you? Like, do you oh, let your kids quit if they're I'm a team quitter. A I'm total team quitter. Also, the other reason why I'm sort of team KJ as well is that we both have four kids. And I think family size really informs this decision that you make, you know, A, financially, but also, like, I just don't have the energy to sort of manage all that. And I found that a lot with other moms and dads of big families. It's sort of like, eh, I just, I don't have strong opinions about certain things anymore because I just don't have the energy. See, that's interesting. I'm too damn tired, Liz. Because I am team KJ, because I think she's awesome in all things. But I have a rule that if my kids start a class, they have to finish the class. Oh, so like they they can't can't drop out in the middle. No, and that's what happened with my daughter with soccer. She wanted to quit. And I said, nope. We signed up. We paid. For oh, it. You're oh no, no. Finish. Okay, well, I'm with you. I don't. I don't quit if I've paid. <laughs> but you know, like nowadays, money is a really money good motivator. Is a huge motivator for me. But you know what? Nowadays, I feel like they're they're in sections, right? So it's like yeah. eight weeks. So yeah, I make them finish it for eight weeks, and then I quit. <laughs> and then I'm done. Once I got their money's worth. <gasps> that is so funny. Well, I think there's a difference between quitting, and KJ makes this point, and exploring and dabbling and trying new things. And so that's what I did with my daughter too. Is 
like I tried to look at her stopping ballet, which still breaks my heart, yes. as not quitting, but an opportunity to open a new door. And so she ended up joining the robotics team in her school, which is really the first Lego oh, league. That's fantastic. And it was great. Suddenly she's super interested in coding and stuff I never would have considered. Now that said, she still like flits around doing like right. jetés around the house. So I'm right. like, are you sure you don't like well, ballet? And, and to that point, there's something wonderful about developing a passion that doesn't necessarily have to be your career, doesn't necessarily have to be what your whole life is about, That's but a it's really just good something that you love to do. And I feel like fostering that as a parent, even if they don't become like a prima ballerina, they have something that they love. If parents, instead of saying, you must take this, you must take this, I think if they step back and look at their kids' interests, they can probably transform that into some constructive activity that's like more organized. Like if your kid loves Minecraft and you can't get them off the screen, maybe they should take coding classes. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe they can take like craft classes that are STEM oriented. Also look at their personality. Yeah. I mean, I can be like super rigid and very type A and ballet was perfect for that. My daughter is like complete opposite. So it makes sense that ballet, like, and having a specific position that you have to hold in the right place just yeah. wouldn't be enjoyable. Well, for her. I, yeah, I was actually pushing her towards modern yeah. because I think she would enjoy that yeah. more because you get to like come up with your own moves and you get to do like wacky robot things and call it ballet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really want to have you share your mom's rule because I think that's a great yeah, way to end this discussion. Okay. So my mom. Tells me now, although I have to tell you, this might be a little revisionist history. Okay. I don't remember this at all. But, you know. I love it. That's a mom's prerogative. I love it. So um, my mom said she always told us that we had to take one thing for our bodies. Okay. One thing for our minds and one thing for our spirits. Oh, I think that's fa- that's Isn't so that interesting? wonderful. There's another article in the New York Times that's really good. It's a couple years old, but it's about the overscheduled children and how big a problem that is. Michael Thompson, who's a psychologist and he's the author of The Pressured Child, he had this really great quote. He said, as a general principle, there's a line between a highly enriched, interesting, growth-promoting childhood and an overscheduled childhood. And nobody knows where that line is. <laughs> oh, but, wait, he said that? No, yes, oh, God. He said that. I was waiting. I was like, and? No, isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is and awesome. And so I think here's like a really good thing. Step back. Look at your kids, and instead of thinking, like, will this get them into college if they're five? <laughs> will this get them a scholarship? Will this make them the darling of the school? Maybe you should just look at their quality of life. Are they happy? Are they enjoying things? Are they making friends? Are they socializing? Are they thriving? I think if you think about overall quality of life for kids instead of achievement, maybe that's, like, kind of a helpful guide for parents. Well, tell us. What do you think about kids and activities? How do you decide what your kids should do? We would love to hear from you guys. You can tweet us at Cool Mom Pick. Use the hashtag Spawn Show. Visit our Facebook page or email us spawned at coolmompics.com. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. Yes. Cool picks of the week. We hear that people are singing that because it's so... It's catchy. It's very catchy. It's an earworm. I like it. All right, Liz, what do you got? Tell us. So I got a call recently from a friend of mine named Andrew Gerland. He's a really smart writer, producer, director out in Hollywood. Hilarious. And I had no idea that he was behind this show on FX called Married. And you can actually go see the season on Hulu. We always talk about binge watching. I have binge watched it. hilarious. I can't even believe I wasn't aware of it. I feel like this is the best binge watching show that people don't know about yet. It's basically like the most irreverent (laughs) irreverent. look at like a troubled marriage. Very funny. If you have a super troubled marriage, 
<laughs> it might be like a trigger thing for you. <laughs> but it stars Nat Faxon, who's hilarious. He was in like The Way, Way Back and The Descendants, and I love him. And Judy Greer, who's awesome. I love her. I'm so glad that she's like the star. I know. She's always everyone's best friend. She's always the best friend. She's been in like 8 million movies as the best friend and she is so great. So she plays Lena Bowman. She's so funny. They have kids and you have to like a series where like the very opening scene is him lying in bed like five feet across from her in the king size bed <laughs> and like trying to come up with creative ways to get her to touch him intimately. Like he's looking under the, <laughs> under the quilt and he's like hmm this uh, <laughs> this doesn't seem right. I don't think this was here last week. There might be something wrong. Can you can you just feel it and tell me if you think it's if there's something wrong here? And she's like, I am not gonna touch it. And he's like, I bet it I bet it tastes weird too. <laughs> that's so awesome. So that's the opening scene, you guys. So just so you know, probably not one to watch with the kids in the room, but it's called Married. You can watch the early seasons on Hulu or the new episodes on FX, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and you know what? I have to say that I don't feel like it's catastrophe because I know a lot of people wrote to us and were like, we love catastrophe, but it is a close second. I have to say, after catastrophe, I was feeling a huge amount of withdrawal. <laughs> Liz said, you gotta watch Married, and I was pleasantly surprised. And now you can have an IMD crush on Nat Faxon because He's pretty awesome. He is very cute. <laughs> okay, so I have a little surprise for you. You do? Yes. Oh, no. I'm always scared when you do surprises for me. What the hell is that? What are you putting on? You did not. Oh, my okay, God. hold on. It fell off. I can't believe you. Okay, Wait. Kristen is wearing, like, a Rasta wig. What the heck is that? But I have one for you, too, Liz. No. Because I know guys, you've always wanted to be a blonde, this actually. Is, <laughs> this is, like, Britney Spears circa 2002. It's, like, a blonde <laughs> wig attached to a headband with a bandana on okay, it. Okay, let's be clear. It's not a wig. It's called a mullet on the go. Ah! And you know this is crazy. It's it's like business up front, party in the back. I have no party in the back. We're gonna I take a photo of us, locks. and we're gonna. <laughs> oh wait, it's like a headband. Oh While God, Liz is trying so to fashion hers. Okay, you know, so wait, what's this called again? It's called mullet on the go. And so I think this it's was hilarious. a piss we got a cool mom pic yeah, that we kind of laughed about, and you actually got it. I did. Well, we kind of giggled about it, and then I thought, you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just put it on. Liz just put it on, and. Liz. I look ready to clean I want, your I trailer. I want you to go see if blondes actually do have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this blonde would have very much fun except deflecting all the insults that would come at me on the street if I walked down wearing this. So you know what I have to say about mullets on the go is... You, you can, can wear, wear them on the go. You can wear them and on the go. And they are mullets. <laughs> and it's always nice to have a little costume. You never know when you're going to need one. This is so funny. Okay, so basically, this is like a funny pick because this could be good for Halloween, oh, right? Oh, it's perfect for Halloween. And you know what? I you love like wearing You look like Bjorn Borg right now. <laughs> you have this, like, headband across your head. Let me get my blow-up tennis racket out of my pocket. This is so funny. Okay, we have to take a picture, and we'll put it on Cool Mom Picks on the podcast page today. Yes. Because yeah. otherwise people are going to be like, what the hell are I you know, guys what laughing are you talking about? about? So anyway, perfect for Halloween. I I love wearing wigs at Halloween. My kids, like, suddenly don't recognize me. And you know what? You could even carry it in your handbag because if you or your children do something embarrassing at back-to-school night and you want to sneak out ah! <laughs> so no one recognizes you, put on your mullet on the go. I was going to say wear the mullet on the go to back-to-school night and, like, everyone will think you're that crazy parent. 
and like everyone will stay away from How you. How am I looking with my mullet and my headphones? This is Liz? this is the funniest pick ever. <laughs> it's no married, but you know, it's pretty great. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Spawned with Kristen and Liz. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've loved getting all of your emails and comments and reviews. You guys are the best listeners ever. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. And thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And we love hearing from you guys. Your emails and your tweets make our day. And if there's anything you want us to chat about, you have comments or questions about the show, or questions about how to raise your kids, which for some reason a lot of people are asking us these days, you can tweet us. Use the hashtag Spawn Show. You can find us on Facebook. Or if you're old school, you can drop us an email. We also accept submissions by carrier pigeon. <laughs> Smoke signals. <laughs> and if you like the show, tell a friend or like I do, force them to listen to it whenever we're in the car together. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to Spawn on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Because there's nothing like forced podcast listening to create a fan for life. Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day, you guys. Bye. Bye.